Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Doug Glanville had the ESPN radio call of the Cards and Red Sox on Sunday night. Of course, he is the co-host of the Starkville podcast with Jason Stark, and that's must-listen for any baseball fan. And Doug Glanville joins us now on the Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Doug, great to have you with us. How are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm doing great, yeah. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, what about this turnaround by the Cardinals? What do you think? Wow. I mean, I you know, I saw... A lot of that series, I called two of the games against the Red Sox. And, uh, you know, going into the season, I had picked the Cardinals to uh, <clears throat> take the Central. And um, I was looking very wrong <laughs> early. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you, they, they seem to have put a lot of things together uh, the last couple of days. And, you know, we had a chance to talk to Ollie Mormal a couple of days before these games and you know, we felt like there's things that are coming around and they um they wanted to get their pitching a little more solidified and there was a lot of stuff going around with Contreras in terms of his role and getting him up to speed as a catcher but um one big thing I noticed is whether it's Newt Barr or the top of the order or pretty much everybody from one through five Arenado looks like he's finding his swing and, and they're putting it together so offensively you know they're they're on fire, and what they did to the Brewers last night was was categorically unfair. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it is just one game back, uh, where you have Wilson Contreras back behind the plate, but it really seems like we talk about communication. With that being cleared up, you saw the result on the field last night, where it seemed like everybody's on the same page. Do you think that this is the start of something good for the Cardinals too, or is it too soon to say? I, I think it's good. I mean, you have to circle that game last night because every question mark that had been plaguing the Cardinals was answered and responded and their capability last night. Because Whether it's Edmund trying to get back in the stride, the, the young is figuring it out, Newt Barr being a, a quintessential leadoff hitter, Arenado's stroke, Flaherty being able to do what he does, and, and Contreras being a good receiver behind the plate. Everybody <laughs> did everything they're supposed to do, and that's the Cardinals uh, that we expected coming out of camp. And uh, it was pure domination. But you could see the, the signs just in the Red Sox series, you know, coming back, beating an established closer in Kenley Jansen, using sort of strategic moves like Contreras, working the pitch clock. I mean, there were so many things that went right. And I watched Arenado closely because he's a pull hitter that has to have a certain swing path to be successful because he kind of gives up the outer third of the plate to try to hit everything towards center, left center. And when he's hooking the ball foul and he's under the ball, rolling over, you know, that's when he's, he's not going well. But the last week, he's absolutely on time. Doug, we're seeing a maturation from Nolan Gorman uh, in comparison to what he was last year. He's fourth in the league in OPS, in major leagues in OPS. And in in 98, you led the league in, in at-bats. And I want to know, when you're getting those at-bats and seeing more pitches, how much more does the game slow down for you? 
Well, I thought of being completely asleep at the end of the season. <laughs> so all those uh, you have a you have a, a great body of work to to consider and to review. You know, with a, that amount of uh, activity, you're seeing everybody in every scenario: starters, relievers, uh, lefty, righty, and I think it gives you a, a lot of insight. And for me, as a leadoff hitter, I had information to pass on to the rest of my lineup. And uh, I thought there was, you know, a lot of advantages to that. But, you know, Gorman has always had a very mature approach at the plate. Always the big question marks was defensively, where are you going to put him? How is he going to get better? But the Cardinals have so many Swiss Army knives around there that, you know, whether you throw Donovan somewhere, the young Edmund, you don't really lose anything. You can move people around. And the DH has set them free, so to speak, because now – you know, you can put guys in more on the offensive-minded way and still have great defense. And and Gorman had such huge hits um, in the in the Red Sox series. So um, they knew offensively this is someone he could be. He's got the power. He had a tenth home run, and uh, I think that's going to be who he is as a batter. And I'm sure he'll get better as a defender. And that's all the more um, weaponry that the Cardinals will have. ESPN's Doug Glanville with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And Doug, we didn't refer to the whole Contreras thing as a controversy. We called it on this show a kerfuffle. Uh, <laughs> uh, Pengrad, you know you know what a kerfuffle is. What, what do you make of the whole the whole Contreras situation? Well, it, it seems like it was conversations that they were having that was kind of supposed to stay more in house and wasn't as alarming as it sort of, you know, ended up getting portrayed. I, I think the the sense is like you have a new catcher in a new system that had a very shortened spring training when you think about, you know, half your staff was in the WBC and, you know, he's trying to adjust to a new culture. And the biggest adjustment any player can make is as a catcher going to a new organization where you have a whole different organizational philosophy. You know, uh, you know each team will have a decision, each organization has a decision to make about who really manages the game. Depends on the pitcher. Or is the is catcher calling all the signs? Is it coming from the dugout? Is it, you know, all those things, they clearly were, you know, coming from different cultures. And there's no judgment as to, like, what the Cubs did versus what the Cardinals choose to do. But you have to remember the Cardinals just had Yadier Molina retire. Right? So this guy could run everything, right? I mean, he was involved in everything. And that was it's really impossible to go behind someone like that and walk in as a new catcher and say, oh, I got all the systems down pat. So I think it was just a, a step back to say, let's just give everybody time to you know, lay out the expectations, get on the same page, and take this as a learning curve and a long game because he has a long-term contract. And you know, we're not going to blow up this whole thing in like two weeks just trying to rush stuff. So I, I think it's just a matter of time. And you know, Contreras is, is game on. You know, He's fiery dude. He's going to play hard. He's looking for an edge. He's edgy. And, you know, he wants things to, you know, to happen now and make it happen. And he's a world champion. So I think overall it started to become more like, oh, this guy can't do the job. And how did you not know that? You signed this guy. But you look at his track record of, you know, many-time all-star, uh, he can absolutely do the job. They just have to figure out exactly what job that is and what's the best for the organization. Speaking of kerfuffles and controversies, last night, did you see the whole situation with Aaron Judge and the um, uh, Blue Jays? Uh, Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah, Blue Jays <laughs> broadcast where they were kind of insinuating that Aaron Judge might be cheating the way that he glanced over at the dugout. What did you make of that? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I 
I see it as sort of where we are now. Like, you know, you know, you have obviously the cameras are everywhere and, and the sensitivity around issues about getting advantage is, is huge ever since the Astros World Series 2017. So, you know, and, and when you have teams that are competing in a very hotly contested American League East, uh, and any other division, and, and for that matter, uh, you're, you're looking for advantages. Like just like Contreras kept that one foot out of the batter's box until <laughs> mm-hmm. nine seconds. You know, <laughs> uh, it's it's a it's the gamesmanship and um, and the idea that you know okay the Yankees have been accused definitely in the past and and they were on the short end of the stick when it comes to the Astros. So I think it's consistent with uh, a lot of the conversations, and I'm sure uh, you know a lot of trash talking. It's all part of it. And most of the times, a guy like Aaron Judge, you don't want to upset (laughs) because he usually uh, settles the score with the bat. Doug, here we are about a month and a half into the season. What are you making of the new rules and how they're uh, playing out for the game of baseball? Yeah, I I like the rules. I I think they're overall very positive. It's certainly accomplishing what was set out to accomplish, that is get more pace, more rhythm, uh, generally shorter games, but really more about a better better tempo. There was so much dead time. And I loved it as an announcer. I could tell stories and poems. I could read all kinds of stuff <laughs> in between pitches. <laughs> but that's no longer the case. Uh, I do think that it's just gotten the ball in play more, and you just got more rhythm and, and timing, just the, the action. So, you know, there's, there's definitely hiccups. You saw with Kenley Jansen and the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're trying to figure out the the spirit of it and what's best to enforce it in ways that how it's meant to be as opposed to like, all right, you know, I'm going to get an edge here. I'm going to hold the ball and all these things. So I'm sure they're going to have to continue to work at it. But I, I circle the clock as the most consequential. I talked to Heim Bloom, the baseball ops for the Red Sox, and he said he thinks it's one of the most consequential things that he's seen in his entire career around the sport. So he's, you know, there's a lot of feelings that there's those elements. And, yes, the base stealing is settling in, and I, I like the idea of you're trying to encourage base hits and cutting down the shift so that you can go first to third more and, you know, let the single be a weapon now. That That's all good stuff. And um, and the fact that you can see Shohei Otani in every city or at least every, against every organization is a good thing because that's like Haley's comment. I mean, <laughs> you got you got to see this guy play. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of positive, and I'm sure they'll make adjustments too going forward. You talked about Wilson Contreras and kind of that gamesmanship. I expected to see more of the gamesmanship from the pitchers. As you said, locking guys with eight seconds, most of them are pitching right then as opposed to kind of varying that time. What Do you, do you think that that's going to come into play at some point as well? Oh, no doubt. It, I mean, the thing that it's, it's so different is the speed of information is so outlandish that – you know, any rule you put in play, immediately you have a 36-person analytics team. Like, oh, how are we going to get around this? How are we going to break this down? How are we going to figure this? I mean, it doesn't – so nothing's going to stick. They're going to have to constantly review it. And, uh, and yeah, Max Scherzer is a perfect example. Spring training, he's holding the ball. He's trying to do – so there's no doubt pitchers will continue to figure it out. And, you know, and I think each time they kind of come down on one side, like the pitcher, then the hitters try stuff like Contreras. You keep your foot out. And that was smart because Jansen, you know, used to time this guy with like a sundial. I mean, going to home. I mean, it was ridiculous. However, he learned how to be very quick with with the new clock. And he said, okay, I got to be faster. So now it almost worked against him because he was got into such a rhythm and he was trying to go quickly. 
that Contreras and, and the Cardinals knew how to exploit it. And, you know, it was very much tactical. And uh, and so now that's advantage pitcher, advantage hitter, and the pitchers will figure out a way to respond to that. Doug Glanville, before we let you go, you mentioned the teams with the 30-man analytics departments. And analytics, obviously, is a, the numbers and the tools are a huge part of this game. But we see Bruce Bochy in first place. We see Dusty as the champion of the National League right now. We see Rob Thompson and Buck Showalter having their success. What do you make of the recent success of the more old-school guys? Uh, it's great. It's great to see because they're stewards of the games. They're they've been lifers effectively, and contributed so much to the game. And and um, you know we should never diminish the fact that they've been around a long time. You know there's, there's so much wisdom and experience. And I think part of the reason they're also still successful is they were always adaptable figures. You know even before the data was is so as, as intense as it is. They were always figuring out ways to get ahead and find edges. And when I played for Buck Walter, we used to have meetings before games, and he knew information. He's like, oh, I heard John Olerud got his car fixed yesterday, and that might be a problem because he's worried about, you know. I mean, this guy, like, has eyes. So, you know, the, the, it's information, and everybody appreciates information. I don't like it kind of sounds like a curse word these days. But really, I, I think most people agree that it's good to have information. It's just how you synthesize it in, in real time and, how much it's weighed towards the game and decisions made in the game. And that's where Dusty Bakers, they have to sort of decide, okay, this is valuable. Maybe I know more about this because I knew last night he was up late with his daughter, had 103 fever, you know, things like that, that that he knows people. And that's still a very important aspect of, of being a good leader. Of, of men and so to speak in this case and um, and so I feel like the these these voices that have echoed for so many decades so it's good to see they have a new renewed value and um, and I think there's always a need for equilibrium you know and, and and they use a lot of the data Dusty talks about oh all the load management data and all this stuff and but he's like oh you know I I know what to take and I know what to employ and sometimes I put certain things to the side. And uh, overall, they're they're good balancers for the game. Doug Glanville, we really enjoy your work on ESPN and love the Starkville podcast with you and Jason Stark. Thanks so much for the time this morning. Good talking to you. And hopefully as the season continues to unfold, we'll be able to do this again. All right. Sounds good. My pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Doug Glanville, ESPN, with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN.